0: Welcome to Big Up Better on SOAS Radio with me, Mary Horditch. This is a show where we share information, motivation and practical real-life solutions to the social issues facing our world, where we call a halt to political apathy and platitudinal complaints and invite you, gentle listener, to come and take part in the social justice revolution. This week, I will be sharing with you a discussion from a conference I attended this week titled Symposium, Tourism and Social Justice, which was held in collaboration with Cabby at London South Bank University. Listen in as we dish the dirt on Airbnb, the pros and cons of slum tourism, and the implications of tourism on social justice right on our doorsteps. Enjoy! Let's like introduce our special guests for this episode coming from Symposium on Tourism and Social Justice. Can we go round in a circle starting here and say who you are and what you've been presenting or talking about today at the event?
1: Okay, I'm Duncan Tyler. I'm the head of department that tourism falls in at London South Bank University.
2: I'm Alison Stancliffe, and I began a campaigning organisation called Tourism Concern a long time ago and I've always stayed interested, even though I'm not active in the organisation anymore, in the way that tourism affects people and places in the world.
3: My name is Kevin Curran, I'm the Vice Chair of uh, Unite the Union, a branch of Central London Hotel Workers and I was here today to talk to people about organizing hotel workers for self-empowerment. And I'm Johannes
4: Novi. I'm a lecturer at Cardiff University and I was here to present a book project I was involved in on manifestations of protest and resistance in response to tourism, in response to also unequitable development patterns associated
5: with tourism in cities. My name is Fabian Frenzel, I'm a lecturer at the University of Leicester, and I uh, presented today on slum tourism, a research theme of mine, I was also recently published a book on, and it is about the question, well, what is in it? Slum tourism is quite controversial on the one hand, but I was sort of given a different spin to it in saying maybe, maybe there's some real potential in there in terms of social justice.
0: Okay, so I'd like to kick off with a simple and complex question. Why is tourism important and why is conscious tourism important? Well... It's important because
2: nowadays tourism isn't a luxury anymore for the majority of people in this country. It doesn't mean that everyone can go on a holiday, but it does mean that the majority of people do, and they often travel much further away than their own homes. So they're going into somewhere different, and that has all sorts of impacts about it. And uh, that's what I feel we need to be much more aware of in this world.
3: It's a large area of economic activity and it impacts upon people both as uh, travellers and tourists and people who work in the industry, so it throws up a whole lot of issues, Uh, sustainability, uh, environmental sustainability, economic sustainability and social justice issues, like any sector of the economy.
0: Do Do you have anything to add?
3: Well, tourism is also uh,
5: um, an, an area, of, um, an, an imaginative area, where people are exploring the world, where they are curious about the world, where they, you know, f- uh, you go back in history, you look at like ways of, of finding out that the world is actually not flat, but round, for, you know, simply kind of very, very important to our knowledge claims, travel, right? And then also but Alison already mentioned the fact that tourism is something that we had to fight for. You know, people had to fight for um, to get free time, and that's still ongoing as well for many people. So it's it's a it's a good thing. It's a it's a very positive thing. It's important because it allows us to imagine a world beyond labor and um, um, and routine.
0: Maybe Duncan and Alison, you could go into the details more of some of the um, negative impacts that unconscious tourism has on destinations. Well, I think. One thing I'd li- like to pick up again
2: is, is the economic impact because you don't often realise you go there and you want to get to know a place, but you're often, for the other person, their means of livelihood. You have to remember that. And you don't always know it. You don't always know. I'll never forget meeting, um, I was on a, a trip, in, it was in the Philippines, and um, we were being boated up a river by these two young men, and they were being so friendly to me and my friend, and we had such a lovely time. And um, I'd paid quite a bit for the trip and got off and um, out came the hand from this young boatman and I I can't remember now whether I didn't have any money or I thought I'd paid enough and I didn't give it to him. And I I remember moving away and turning around and the mask had dropped and he was just looking angry and devastated. And I didn't have a clue till years later I discovered that those young men made their living from the tips from the tourists. So you know you need to be much more aware on an economic level that actually you may be thinking you're making a friend and that's fine, but actually you're paying for something, um, and that has. If once you acknowledge that, you can be on a more honest footing with people. So I think that's quite important to to be aware of.
0: Anyone else like to add something on that topic?
3: Well, I think that that followed on from that. I always uh, discipline I give myself whenever I go anywhere uh, is always remind yourself that you're a guest or a visitor and uh, conduct yourself accordingly, and so I always try and find out what the local customs are. And the, the, the example that, that hit me was mentioned today in, in on one of the contributions was that uh, I was uh, trekking in uh, Nepal up to Annapurna, and when we got to the snow line, I realised that, that my porter his boots were, were cracked. I mean, he didn't have any protection from the snow whatsoever. So um, I, I really gave myself a kick over that. But uh, that night I, I said to him that when we get down, you, you know you're always tip porters. I said, but I'm going to take the shot and buy you a pair of boots. And uh, that kind of—that well, I think that's important to have that awareness, mm. you know, that, that you're in a different economic and social cultural environment. And you have to be careful how you manage those kind of relationships, and, because you don't want to be seen to be, you know, uh, what's the word, pat- patronising. So uh, I think that the, you have to do your homework now before you go anywhere is, is the short answer, I think.
2: I'd like to say that I think we get quite nervous about um, trying to find out more about the, pe- the lives of the people that we encounter as well. And, and the thought of maybe asking what are the conditions like for you where you work? I mean, we just tend not to do that. but. Even the most timid question on one thing can make a difference to what we understand, and I think that is something everyone can do. And 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 one of the things we've all said, and, and that in my organisation, tourism concern, years ago, we, we we coined this phrase: "Your holiday, my home," or "My holiday, your home." It doesn't matter which way around it is, and that's so easy to keep in your head. And um, if you go somewhere and you think, actually, at home I wouldn't do it like this, the question why is it like this can make a big difference.
3: Can I, can I bring that one nearer home? So I think it's a very good point. Um, we, uh, we ran a campaign uh, in Unite the Union for waiters and waitresses tipping. But what we got people to do is when they're tipping at the end of the night, to have a dialogue with the waiter waitress saying, who's getting this tip? Are you getting this tip? Where's it going? The manager will not get it. So you open up a dialogue and that straight away, the response you get from that individual waiter or waitress is straightness, you've, you've got a human relationship rather, a commercial relationship.
0: Mm, great. Um, I'd like to ask, but a question now. Um, and this is concerning thinking about SOAS University and SOAS. Um, as a listenership, it's a university that occupies itself with development and all over the globe. And as someone who's researched the area of slum tourism, what would you say about people who are proposing academic research, visiting for the sake of cultural awareness how would you recommend that people operate when engaging in tourism in in slums and similar areas
5: well first of all it's very very good that you include the academic researchers and you know into this broader category I think of, of tourists because often there's a tendency to say oh yeah but I'm not a tourist I'm fine or I'm a backpacker or I'm a traveler doesn't apply to me all these differentiations don't really get you out of the problem um, well, we've talked a lot about um, uh, the importance of you know asking the right questions and being aware and and and, and using the potential. Um, what I like about academic research and what I always find uh, find interesting there is that you actually spend a lot of time. You know, so you end up being in a sort of more from from coming from a very trans- transient experience to something that's a bit more substantial that allows you to understand probably a bit better uh, the conditions um, I- in place and. Uh, from that perspective I see an uh, immense potential in there. Uh, for example, we're talking about Airbnb, I find it quite interesting how in, uh, in I saw in um, Rio de Janeiro in some of the favelas um, both uh, researchers and, and, and expat activists and were exchanging their experiences with um, um, with uh, tourism and Airbnb and its its role in transforming uh, communities and gentrification effects with local communities and there were like knowledge exchanges going on and like formations of shared solidarity across you know very different spaces but they're facing very similar problems not because you can have Airbnb places in a favela in Rio de Janeiro now as well and it it, it therefore produces similar kinds of problems and perhaps also similar kind of solutions um, um, and I I think that. All tourists, and particularly research tourists, have an important role in, in facilitating those exchanges. And they don't only have to be north south, you know. They, they, they can be across, work with some architects um, and students of architecture who facilitated exchanges between, um, um, you know, people who build. Favela and slum housing. There's, you know, obviously not everybody builds their own houses. There's sort of levels of expertise there, and um, they're not official architects, or architect, but you know, they're they're experts in, in their communities, and they're being called in if someone wants to build a house. So they're facilitating exchanges between people who build favela housing in uh, in, in Brazil with uh, with people who built um, slum housing in Mumbai, and so you know, to, to use your um, your experiences to strengthen um, those exchanges, you know, facing uh, facing similar challenges.
0: Yeah, well, what I was going to ask is things like, well, I th- feel that they're linked um, uh, products of technology development. Things like Uber and Airbnb that, have in many ways, democratized people's access to resources. Um, on the one hand, I was thinking things like Airbnb; they must be a good thing for tourism economy because. They're giving people a chance to make money off something that would previously go to multinational, money that doesn't stay in the locality. But then when you were speaking, Johannes, you gave the the opinion of Berliners and how they believe that it wasn't serving them as a community. What would you like to say in expansion of that?
4: Well, a lot of things. Uh, First, when it comes to who's profiting, Mm. uh, you're right, certainly some some you know, Many people now uh, rent out their, uh, an apartment or, or a room and make some money with it, but the biggest profiteer, the biggest beneficiary is, of course, Airbnb itself. I mean, it's quite an astounding story, if I'm not mistaken. The company is now valued higher than the biggest hotel brand or hotel company. There are a lot of people affected, impacted by this uh, trend towards um, vacation rentals, by this proliferation of vacation rentals that don't see any benefit of it, these being, for instance, uh, neighbors of um, flats that are rented out uh, to tourists. And there's a huge argument to be made, uh, of course, that the proliferation of vacation rentals, which is staggering. I mean, we're talking about uh, numbers in the tens, tens of thousands in, in, in certain places like uh, Berlin, Paris, New York, and also uh, London, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Um, this trend has repercussions for housing markets. Mm. That um, are um, that still require more research to to really um, uh, to be to be uh, clearly uh, evident or confirmed, but they, 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 then there is an impact is, is straightforward and clear, um, and this is worthy to be problematized to be sure.
2: Do you have something to add? Something? Well, I have because I, I loved listening to Johannes um, talk today because. I'd actually written a blog, a blog, Tourism Concern has an ethical travel blog on its website and um, I wrote this blog, I was telling him five tips for neighbourly trips and it was, um, I wasn't quite sure whether to use Airbnb, it's not the only, obviously the sole um, company doing this kind of thing um, and there are, there are ways you can, you can do it more ethically mm. than not I think and um, so I, I recommend you all to look at the Tourism Concern mm-hmm. website and my blog oh, I'll put it in the should. show notes and people can
0: find
1: <laughs> it I think there's a, a thing with Airbnb of unintended consequences it didn't, it didn't start out to have you know, be this huge COVID dominant thing that, that impacted on blocks of flats and the residents of them but I think it is beholden on the companies to sit back and say we didn't intend that to happen, what can we do about it and Airbnb is not good at that actually just gone on, on and tried to take on New York City Council, of right. course. Mm. Well, no matter whether
4: uh, the outcomes or consequences are on purpose or not, they are to a large extent arguably not on purpose. Uh, what uh, Airbnb uh, purposefully does is invest a lot of money into lobbying to prevent cities from taking action exactly. yeah. um, to put um, this development trend on a perhaps more acceptable uh, path. Uh, and this is not to say that I object to the idea of the sharing economy as such. Mm. I, do, I do believe it is a, it's something that um, it's a development trend that produces um, both positive and negative effects and that uh, produces uh, winners and losers and that we just need to get our heads around politically. It, it requires some form of regulation um, to be sure. And luckily, um, more and more um, local councils and cities, et cetera, et cetera, have also come to uh, accept that.
0: Mm. Um, I've got one more topic of discussion and I'll ask everyone for their recommendations of action. Something I was wondering maybe people haven't taken research on it, but things like woofing and work away, volunteering in exchange for bed and board, and how that's considered in social justice and tourism, if anyone has any views on that. Alison? <laughs>
2: well, I, I, I found it. F- I travelled when I was. Um, uh, When I was a student and um, and in my twenties, I I wanted to put something back into the community, and I think that's a very important thing to hold on to. It's it's one of the best things you can do, but you have to also always remember that you are still actually coming into someone else's home, and that uh, particularly if you go uh, even on a woofing holiday, which is more of an exchange than maybe a lot of many of the. the, and tourism things that are around just now, that you're um, you, you're not aware actually of the wider context in which you're you're offering yourself to to work. Um, so anywhere where you can you can find information of, about again it comes back to information, doesn't it? Just being a bit more aware all the time of what of what is going on within the uh, opposite side of you. You're going somewhere. What's happening in the place you're going to and the people you're going into? Um, that w- that will help. And there are plenty of places around now, and I, I hate to mention tourism concern again, but I will, but um, <laughs> there's actually, again, loads about that whole subject. because And uh, you have a whole spectrum from the exchange of the kind of woof idea of I give my time and you give me bed and board... To what is now mostly you pay for your volunteer experience. And sometimes that's a really good thing, and sometimes it's a
0: bad deal. So you need to go into it very open eyed. I'm sure people can find more information about that at (laughs) Tourism. Um, Okay, so now I'm going to ask you if you have recommendations of easy action that our listeners can take in being more conscious tourists be it in the destinations or in the city of london where we live and study and work um should i start with fabian
5: yeah i mean this this idea of like taking the the concerns about tourism home i find really interesting today i i I take this away to kind of address these issues as issues that are not often not that far away from home to get a bit more of an understanding around those you know like there's a lot of injustice going on very close to home and you know maybe before like picking up on Alison's point before you pay a lot of money to go on a volunteering uh, holiday in, uh, in, in Kenya you might you know just want to volunteer with Kevin uh, and you know work a little bit on organizing hotel workers in uh, in London.
4: Well, I can only second that and then and also can only second what Alison said earlier and others um, I think it's a, one thing everyone can do is educate yourself make sure that you are an educated uh, an ethical traveller, you you, there are always difficult choices and there are, you often as a traveller run into dilemmas that are very hard to prevent, but you can you can make a difference if you inform yourself, if you try at least. And along with it, another recommendation from me now as an urbanist is what I would appreciate on part of the consumer is if they would really be more vocal uh, when it comes to um, engaging with the industry side, but also policy makers and challenge the still-prevailing idea, idea that most consumers, most tourists just don't care. I think these things can make at least some difference.
0: Thanks. Uh, Kevin?
3: Well, first to recognise that the hospitality industry is in their neighbourhood. It's your restaurant, pub, local hotel, travel lot, whatever. But also when you, when you yourself become a traveller, tourist, to engage with the people around you, talk to them, talk to the room cleaner. Talk to the bar staff. Talk to the restaurant staff. Talk to all the people who engage with you in the tourist industry.
0: Alison,
2: um, well, I could. Uh, I think I might recite a little bit of poetry. <laughs> this was. Um, it's part of a poem that was written by um, uh, an Indonesian, and it's. Um, Look behind the curtain, tourist, and see what I can see. You're living an illusion. I live reality, and. That doesn't necessarily mean that the reality they're living is really bad, but it's an invitation to share and to, to keep your
0: eyes open. Um, and what would you like to add, Duncan, well,
1: finally? What would I add? I don't know if i will add a lot, but I would... Out of the comments that we've mm-hmm. all made is that you get yourself informed, you engage and you challenge. In London, we've just got a czar for the nighttime economy, the nighttime economy is not just about people having a good a good time. The nighttime economy is about people working long hours, unsocial hours, getting paid very little, having to put up with a lot of bad behaviour of customers. And we've got to challenge people like the mayor and the czar to say, well, if you're going to boost that part of the economy, how are you going to regulate it to make sure that it's just?
0: Okay. Um, Thank you very much. And just quickly, does anyone have a song that they think would be good and motivate people or someone that they'd like to give a shout-out to who's done an organisation who's done an excellent job on promoting this issue or providing a service that combats this problem?
2: There's so many people I could think of. Um, I think I'd like to pay tribute to the woman that ran Tourism Concern for many years. She's called Tricia Barnett. And... um, She now runs a new organisation called Equality in Tourism which is championing the role of women in tourism from the lowest to the highest elements and she's never given up the fight to to bring social justice into the debate.
3: Well, I'd like to give a big shout to the branch committee that we've got now because when we started out our objective was to empower workers to, to act for themselves. So our job was, uh, our objective was to make ourselves redundant. And now we have a branch committee made up of five people from different countries who came into our surgery individually with individual problems, uh, downtrodden, despondent, depressed, who are now actively engaging with representing fellow workers. And I think that's, that's what it's all about.
0: I hope you enjoyed that. Let me again thank our panellists and for more Big Ups, you can check out the show notes. You've been listening to Big Up Better with Mary Holditch on SOAS Radio. Thanks for listening. Bye bye.